Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You guys have been comfortable a lot this year. Like the offense has clicked the way you wanted, defensive stops. You've gone through this rut now where it's like there's been a few losses at home. Joe said basically you're not playing good basketball now. Now that you have some time off, how do you kind of look back at this section of the season and what do you like what do you want to correct and kind of change and kind of re like rehone going forward? Yeah. Uh, I mean like you said, we got a couple of days of practice and, and look over things that we can do better. Today, Thursday just it's just a bad week at work. You know, everybody here got a job. Uh, you know, nobody has great days every day. And, you know, us, we're no different. This is our job. Um, we would love to be perfect. We would love to win every game and make every shot, but uh, it's just not the case. But, you know, we got to be better and look ourselves in the mirror, and that's what we're going to do. Back here on WEEI, I'm John Lyons alongside Mike Cadlick. Yep. Josie is our producer. And look, Mike, I don't want to overreact here. I still think the Celtics are the best team in the NBA. And I still think they're going to win the NBA championship if they stay healthy. But I think, look, Tatum's right. They had a bad week at work. But they've had a little bit of a troubling trend here in the month of January where they lose to OKC. Close loss. Close loss to Indiana. They get blown out by Milwaukee, but that was the fifth game in seven nights. But then close loss to Denver, bad loss to the Clippers, bad loss to the Lakers. Now, they did beat Minnesota. They did beat Miami. But they've had some struggles, not just per se against good teams, Mike, good teams in the West Mm -hmm. that are really talented teams that – and look, the good news about the NBA Finals, you only have to play one of them. You only have to play one team from the West, but – OKC looks dominant. Yep. Minnesota hung right there with them. Denver beat them. The yep. Clippers beat them. The Lakers beat them. I, I don't, I'm not freaking out, but it is a little bit concerning that after having a really good December against the West, I mean, I remember they lost to the Warriors, but then they blew out yeah. Sacramento, beat the Lakers, blew out the Clippers in between. So they had a really good December against the Western Conference. January, especially against the good teams in the West, see some struggles. Yeah, I, I like Tatum's, you know, saying there where, you know, it's just a bad week of work. Everyone has a bad week of work. And I don't disagree with them. Like, that obviously happens. But, um, and it's okay to have a bad week of work, you know. Especially in January. In the middle of the season. Bingo. It's okay right now if I have a bad week of work as a Patriots reporter because, you know, 
You know, it doesn't really. They hired everyone. Yeah, they hired, but it's not like, you know, it's not like it's Super Bowl week, right? And I got to be on my A game and I got to write this and here's why. And I got to do this and here's why. And this is, you know, I have three podcasts and I can't be late and I got to be on time. I got to bring my all the rate, right? So, like, they just can't have those bad weeks of work when it matters most. So, on one hand, it's good. You get your lulls out of the way now and you get hot going towards the playoffs and things like that. But if I'm having bad weeks of work as a, as a sports writer and as if he's having bad weeks of work as, or they're having bad weeks of work as basketball players, that can also bleed into and set up bad weeks of work when it matters. Most. And I think so. Jalen Brown had a great point about, we don't want to create bad habits. Bingo. And, yep, and overall, that's my look, point. Sure. They're 37 and 12. They have the best record in the NBA. Most wins in the NBA. Their offensive rating is second. Defensive rating is tied for third. Their net rating is first in the league. Like they're still the best team of in course. the NBA, but I was thinking about those Charles Barkley comments mm-hmm. when he said at halftime against the Lakers, you know, Tatum and Brown aren't tough guys. And look, I think until they do it, there's going to be those questions. But look, of course, Tatum scored 46 points in game six in Milwaukee a couple of years ago, scored 51 yep. in game seven against Philly last year. If he doesn't sprain his ankle against Miami in game seven, they're probably in the NBA finals. Problem is, you mentioned those bad weeks at work. He had a bad week of work the whole first <laughs> exactly. week of that series. And got down 0-3. And, I and think, he had a bad week of work in the finals against Golden State three years ago. And you look at, adding on to that, what has stopped them the last three years? Last year they lose to Miami, Jimmy Butler and, and Spolstra. Those guys are killers. Yep. They lose to Stephen Clay. Killers. Those guys are killers. The year before, they lost. To, that was the year, I think, in 2021 they got eliminated in the first round by Durant and Kyrie. Look, you can hate mm-hmm. Kyrie all you want. That guy's a killer oh, yeah. when times matters. Yep. Kevin Durant. He won two championships at Golden State. I get it, but he was a Finals MVP for at least one of those. Like that guy can be a ki- little more inconsistent in the killer aspect. No, but, but he yeah, can be for a sure. killer. Yep. So your talent. that's what stopped them. That when it's come down to it, and one team has to be the killer, and the other team isn't, the other team has been the killer, especially the last two years, like Golden State and then to Miami last year. Because I think the Celtics are five minutes away from going up three-one against Golden State, mm-hmm. but they don't have the killer instinct. They don't win last year. Better team than Miami, don't have the killer right. instinct, don't win. And I haven't felt that a lot this year, but the two times I really felt it, at least for me, Mike, was the Denver game that they lost by two, and again, first home loss that they've had, and then that Lakers game the other night. That was a little, that was, I think that might have been their worst loss of the year, considering no LeBron, no AD, and they were really flat those are the, the entire game. Those are the ones that bug me, and it goes back to, and I'm going to keep going back to it, is the, the whole Tatum thing and a bad week of work. Like Those are the games where you got to just fight through it and you got to just go win the game, and it doesn't matter that you're the best team. It doesn't matter that you have you know three of the best players in the Eastern Conference. It doesn't matter that I'm Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Like We still have to show up for work these day, games to go do it. Oh, yeah, we lost. It doesn't matter. It's not... It's not a big game against the Nuggets. It's not a big game against Milwaukee. It's not the Eastern Conference Finals, but you know they matter, and you still got to get those wins when you need them. And they, they like they're capable, they're able. Yeah. You just got to turn it on and go do it. And it's obviously yeah. easier said than done. But uh, yeah, it's just you just you got to let it. You got to make it happen. And Tatum said it best a couple years ago when you know a Monday night in Charlotte, right? Nobody yeah, cares about that. a Monday yeah. night in Charlotte. NBA and then, league pass, ain't nobody yeah, watching. But I like, won't say the other words he said. <laughs> those are the ones you got to get but up I for. But I will say, to the Celtics' credit, that hasn't happened a lot this year. Right. Like, And Tatum even made the comment, because to me, the most important stretch or the most encouraging stretch for me of the Celtics was really the last three weeks, if you will, of December. So after they lose that in-season tournament game to Indiana, mm-hmm. they beat the Knicks, they beat Cleveland back-to-back, they beat Orlando back-to-back. Those are games they lost last year. Remember the early season yeah. losses to Cleveland last year? The early season losses to Orlando? And Tatum himself said after that game, 
after that series, excuse me, we would have lost these games last year. And then yeah. they go on the road. They lose to Golden State, which last year, when they lost to Golden State in December, remember they played 500 ball for like three yes. weeks after? This year they lose to Golden State. What do they do? They smack Sacramento, smack the Clippers, beat the Lakers on Christmas Day, and then they have a little bit of a letdown against Trip, but still win. Yeah. Then they beat Toronto, beat San Antonio to round out December. They were awesome. Yeah. So they've taken a big step forward, and that's why I still put them as the best team in the NBA. But here's the key. They've had... A couple bad losses now. And really, even those wins against New Orleans and Indiana, they didn't play that well. New Orleans, they got down. Indy, they were up and blew it and ended up winning, but they blew the 20-point lead. Now coming up, you have Memphis tonight, which we're going to talk about a little bit later with Marcus Smart returning, although he's injured. But Memphis, Atlanta, Washington, then you go to Miami, then Brooklyn back. Like, you should win six out of your next seven games. 100%. Right, and bounce back. Now, if they keep playing with their food and we see the lack of effort and focus. I mean, the first quarter against the Lakers, they had nine turnovers in the first quarter most all season. I thought I went back in time and I was watching game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals from Memorial Day, right? The Celtics of this year have shown us they should be able to win five or six out of their next next seven. But if they don't, like right now, concern level one to ten, I'm probably at a two. I was going to say. If they don't, though, (laughs) then I'm going to be at like a six or seven because, this again, these are the games – Last year and the year before, they would have lost. So far, they've won them, but I want to see, do they continue that, especially through February? It's funny how you look at, again, the best team in basketball, a team that is the best team in Boston, and just how how high our expectations are in this city. This team is 8-3 and three in their last 11 games. They right. do have the best record in basketball. They have a top five But I player. think the standard here, Mike, is... I know, but it's just funny that we always they, find something. Like, okay, they lose to L.A. last night, or two, three nights ago, whatever it was. Okay, just bounce back. Like, right. and, yes, it's it's mildly concerning. That's why but, I said I'm at a two. Right, right. like, like two. Yeah. okay, let's you know go out and beat Memphis today, and then you know we're not pl- playing with our food. Like, yeah, I think they're going to be okay, but it is something to kind of monitor moving forward. Yeah, and I will, like I said last year, the games they lost to Cleveland and Orlando in the fall were the same types of games they lost to Philly and Miami in the playoffs. Right. Was, hey, we should win. Like, remember game four against Philly where Jalen Brown drifts off James Harden and they lose that game in overtime? Like, And then, of course, the first three against Miami when they don't lead in game two at home. Grant Williams melts off to Jimmy Butler and the rest of the guys can't stand yeah. up. They don't. And I'm not trying to go through history here, but the point is those games they lost in the fall last year, they lost in the playoffs. So far this year, to their credit, They've won the vast majority right. of those games, which gives me confidence that they'll win those games in April, May, and June. But I think this is an interesting point to watch over the next couple of weeks because they have a stretch coming up because they have Philly on February 27th, and I'm going to be there, so they better win because oh, okay. I was there against the Clippers and they <laughs> lost. But then they have Philly, Dallas, Golden State, Denver, Phoenix coming up from late February through early March. They have a stretch now, though, where they can get back on track before they get to those games. That's really the biggest thing I'm watching tonight against Memphis and also Wednesday and Friday this week when they play Atlanta and Washington because I think like I think Tatum has a little bit of that killer instinct in him and we've seen it in the playoffs at times I think Brown it creeps out randomly and I not think, randomly but no, it's, sometimes way, it's there like, yeah. yeah and I think Brown has a little bit but we haven't seen it that consistently I think Drew Holiday might have it and he's won a championship he but at least has the experience but I'm not sitting here saying oh I know they have it like I would with Jimmy Butler, and I know he has it, or LeBron, and I know he has it, or Jokic, and I know it. I haven't, I haven't seen it consistently right. enough. 
You know, I saw it in Game 6 against Milwaukee in 2022. I saw it in Game 1 against Golden State in 2022. But then the rest of that series, I didn't see it. Right. Like, that's the problem. So that's why I think, again, you can look at their schedule and say, oh, they're playing Memphis, they're playing Atlanta, they're playing Washington, they're a couple against Brooklyn, like whatever. But I think these are important to get back to be- winning those games you should win, beating those teams you should beat, and having those good habits, which I feel like over the last week and a half they've drifted a little bit from. They're going to win tonight? Yeah, I think so. Think I, so? Geez, I hope so. Did you see? <laughs> they're actually going to make Marcus Smart. I think this is a neat gesture. Yeah. So they're going to give him the video tribute, whatever, but they're going to make him the hero among us for all the work he did in the community, which I think is a really, really cool yeah. thing. The hero among us, I think, is a really special thing. Of all the four teams in Boston, I feel like, because they all usually recognize someone, like the Bruins do, I think the eight-spoke salute. Yeah. And the Patriots always recognize someone. but. For some reason, the hero among us with the Celtics, I think they just do such a great job. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's a nice touch. Totally. For Marcus Smart and all he did do in the community here, but this is a team that doesn't have Marcus Smart mm-hmm. playing tonight in Memphis. Like, this is one of those games. Yeah. Get back These are into the ones you got to freaking win. It. Get back into the good habits and win. And, yeah. and I think, and look, Tatum's an all star, Brown's an all star. Before it's said and done, we could see Porzingis and White as all stars. And we're going to talk more about that later this show. Again, these are the games. That you should win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to get more into that. More into that. Excuse me. That'd be nice if I could talk here <laughs> on, on the radio. We're going to get more into that in just a few minutes after the break. But first, we're going to trend with Mike Cadlick. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is John Lyons, right now on WEEI. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I, I grew up here, you know, nine years here. Um, you know, in the city, um, you know, I've done stuff in the city, you know, to, to, to become more acquirable to the city for myself. And, you know, I just built a special bond with the fans and, and the people of Boston. You know, I don't think there's no place in Boston that I can go where, you know, I wouldn't be welcome. And uh, that speaks volumes. Um, it's definitely tough. I'm hearing it all the time from everybody, um, the fans, every time I see them. They're devastated. The city is devastated. Um, and, you know, I understand why. We grew up together. You know, so it's definitely tough. It's definitely hard to say goodbye. I know talking to some of these fans, I definitely get emotional. Uh, You know, they're coming up to me and they're balling. So um, I definitely have heard, you know, everybody's disappointed. But 
like I said, you know, it's a business first. Uh, Boston will always be in my heart. I love Boston. But, you know, they decided to, they, they made a move where they thought was best for the team, and that's all you can ask for. Back here on WEI, I'm John Lyons. Mike Cadlick is along here with me. Hi. Going to dive in because today is Marcus Smart's return to Boston, although he will not be playing due to injury. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Smart and Porzingis trade and then also the Drew Holiday trade, which was kind of an offshoot of it. I know that was more a Damian Lillard trade right. offshoot. Uh, uh, first, though, there's a uh, real jerk in the 603 texting us saying we don't watch the Celtics game because we said Tatum has the killer instinct, which, uh, oh. yeah, good thing we didn't say that, Mike. We said that it's come out sometimes, <laughs> but we're not sure if he really has it, and we gave a few examples. Give us a buzz, 603. Yeah, yeah feel free to call in. Yeah. There, you know, there's we'll been chop a few, it up. There's been a few times where Tatum has shown the killer instinct. The problem is is it's been wildly inconsistent, right? right? We've started in Game 6 against Milwaukee, Game 7 against Philly, but you know what? Did we see it in Game 5 against Philly before nope. we even got to Game 7? No, right. So I think that's one of the questions surrounding the Celtics. And I think one thing with last year's Celtics team, you had Marcus Smart really as the, the captain, the de facto leader, running, I don't want to say running the show, but he wasn't the best player, right. but he was the strongest voice, and he did a lot of good things but there was kind of that sense, especially like they lose to Golden State and how poorly they played for four out of seven games to Miami, that maybe it just maybe it run its course. Because mm-hmm. I'm one of those people, Mike, and, and I know Marcus Smart got a ton of criticism here in Boston. The guy who usually sits in my chair, Adam Jones, is uh, not quite president of the Marcus Smart yeah. fan club like he claims. I'm appreciative of a lot of what Marcus Smart did. I think he embraced the city. I think he was a great defensive player. I think he worked hard on both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. I just think he was in a role where he was supposed to be the third best player on the on a championship team and he's just he's not that. Right. Like he's not if he was the fourth or fifth best player on a championship team, I think you'd be in business. Now, if you look at where the Celtics are at, Porzingis is the third best player on the team, Mike, but you can there's plenty of nights He's the second best player yep. on the team. Once in a while, he's the best player on the team. I think, A, Porzingis is a flat-out better player than Marcus Smart. But I think the fit, especially offensively, what they're getting out of Porzingis, they just would not gotten out of Smart. And I think, you know, as much as I appreciate what Smart did while he was here, they are better off, to, to Smart's quote, making the best decision for yeah. the team. They're better off now than they were a year ago. When I mentioned Brad Stevens earlier when we were talking about Theo Epstein, this is why. Right, because it's a guy who, you know, the the heart and soul of the team, Marcus Smart, yep. the you know, the leader, the guy who everyone's supposed to gravitate towards, and Tatum and he was the longest tenured Celtic and Tatum and Brown I guess tried to maybe look up to him at some point starting their career to, you know, gravitate the team and push them forward, right? Sure. And as a fan myself, I didn't like the trade. Because I love Marcus Smart. First of all, I love Marcus Smart. He was a great guy to root for. And originally, it was supposed to be Malcolm Brogdon that went out for Porzingis. Yeah. And then they had to rework it and throw Smart in. So that was kind of a, you know, that hit the fan a little bit differently. But looking at it now, John, it's like, I don't even care. Like, night and day. Like, and not that I don't care, because obviously no, tonight I would be awesome mean, with Smart. But it was like, you look at the team now, and they're first place in the East, and they're the best team in basketball, and it's like, oh, I don't really miss Marcus Smart, the basketball player, at all. Because it had to be turned over to Jason Tatum. And... Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, really, but I guess they, I feel like they wanted to make make it known that Jason Tatum is our guy, and yeah. not that there was there was any. Um, and it's on the heels too. You say making it, uh, 
on the heels of that smart trade, they gave Jalen a supermax. Exactly. Right. So it's and they're going to give Tatum one next summer. So yeah, I think it's and, truly and it's, their team. Right. And it's not a move that I don't. It's not a move Danny Ainge would have made. I don't think. And I think. Yeah. I think Brad has those has those balls to make moves like this, but that's what's better for the basketball team. He did it with, yeah. um, he he got rid of Kemba like as soon as he was here, and he, yeah. obviously this trade too. And so he he makes it happen, and that's why again the I drew holiday trade, yeah, another, right. And so it's just yeah. he he has the balls in him as as a GM, and I think you know that's that was uh, that was really shown with the smart. I trade. think there's two huge positives here about the Marcus Smart trade. When it first when it comes to Porzingis, Porzingis right, he's averaging 19.7 rebounds a game. Offensive rating, 120.3. Mm-hmm. Defensive rating, 110. But what makes Porzingis, I think, so unique, he's shooting 35% from three. This is a guy that last year led the NBA in points per post-up, mm-hmm. and he also shot 38.5% from three. This is a unique skill set. Yep. that, And we saw it the night, a couple weeks ago, or a week ago against the Clippers. They did not shoot the three ball well, and Porzingis wasn't there, and it felt like they had nothing on offense. Yep. Now, if Porzingis is out and they shoot threes well, they can still win. But Porzingis is the guy that, yeah, he can hit threes and shoot pretty well. They can go to him in the post, possession after possession after possession, and he will give them offensive production. And I think it creates open shots for guys. Whereas before, look, I love Robert Williams. I wish they hadn't traded him, but I understand why they did. I love him. He's not posting guys up, right? He's a lob threat, and he's an incredible shot blocker and defensive player. But he's not posting up guys. He's not creating things on his own. Marcus Smart, is, and I know he got better as a shooter over the years. Anybody really afraid of him nope. at the three point? We saw it. We saw teams not cover him in playoff series. He got better at it. and He did get better. You, but you even still held your breath every single time he shot a yeah, three. And, even if it was going in more and, than it was in one point. And now you have Porzingis, a guy that you have to cover at the three-point line. Yep. But he can post up. And by the way... I mentioned the 110 defense. Like, this is a good defensive player. He's a beast. Like, <laughs> you swap him out for Robert Williams, and you have a good defensive player who's also a much better offensive player. So, to me, that's the biggest part, right? This Porz- What Porzingis has done to their offense. We've seen, I think, Jalen Brown. The numbers are down a little bit. Last year, I think he was like 27 and 7. This year, he's 22 and 5 and, and 3. But it feels like he's much more efficient, and he's playing a lot better. The offensive rating, 119. That, I think, is a big credit yeah. to Porzingis. Like, Brown has worked hard and gotten better. Porzingis has been a huge piece. The other thing, Mike, though, that I think has made a massive difference, Derek White is getting consistent minutes now. Yeah. With Marcus Smart and Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White was never going to get consistent minutes. I think, frankly, he is a better player than Brogdon and Smart. If you 100%. look at the totality of his game. Oh, yeah. But look at, I mean, the f- most fun moment of the Celtics season last year you could say Tatum scored 50 in Game 7. <laughs> but was Derek White's tipping in yep. Game 6 against Miami? If Malcolm Brogdon hadn't been hurt, Derek White wouldn't have even been in the game That's there. That's true. So Derek White now is getting more minutes. He's second in the league in blocks per game for guards. He's playing awesome on the defensive end. But he's also averaging over 15 points a game, shooting 39.5% from three. Like, he's a better player than both of them. But with Smart and Brogdon still here, he would not have played. I mean, he would have played, but the minutes would have been much reduced to what they are now. So it's not just the Porzingis thing. Right. It's now Derek it's White down is it. getting much more. 100%. And I think it, I hate bringing up the, the, the game six tipping because it's one of the most spectacular plays in Boston sports history that won't matter. Yeah, that and no there, one cares about There's that. a couple yeah. of them, but there's literally no reason to care about that. And it's too bad because that that was absolutely electric. But no, you're right. I mean, not only has he been better on offense too, but he's, been, he's a great defender. Like Derek White can really play. 
um, on defense, and he makes a tough. Yeah, right. his defensive Those, rating is 109, and he's an elite shot blocker. Right, like <laughs> it's insane. And so, yeah, no, it, I'm with you on the trickle down. I just think that he, and I don't know if he's going to be an all star, but he's playing like a fringe all star this season for sure. Um, and again, he just makes them them so much deeper, like one through seven. Yes, he's a starter, but like the again, the trickle down of it is just it's 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 insane. Right, it's, it's and, and I think so. Like, and again. I think Marcus Smart in the long term will do all right in Memphis if he's fully healthy and John Morant's healthy and gets his head on straight. Right. I think that can be a decent pairing. But the Celtics are a much better team now without him. And it's not so much without him as it is with Porzingis right. and more minutes for Derek White. And then that also allowed you, like, hey, we're going to get a lot of offense from Porzingis. And we're going to get a lot of offense but great defense from Derek White. That gave them the freedom to trade Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon yep. and bring in Drew Holiday. Yeah, and, and I think now, like you look at the Celtics starting five now. I mean, this, and we're talking about a team, Mike, that two years ago was in the NBA Finals. Last year went to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. Their lineup now, especially offensively, way better oh, yeah. than it was the last two years. Way better and defensive. Have they really lost much defensively? Drew Holiday's a great defender. We just talked about how good Derek White is and Porzingis. Tatum is a good defender. They netted out fine on defense. Yeah, yeah you got rid of, yeah. obviously, Robin Smart. But, again, White being on the floor, his defense yeah. has improved. I don't know, again, I don't know if it's improved, but him being on the floor, it's you there. see it more. Yeah, right, bingo. Um, Tatum's, Tatum's always been a good defender. He's really showed out the last couple of years. Um, I mean, Jalen's pretty good, too. And so, and Porzingis, you mentioned, is like was an underrated defender, yeah, I think. People don't appreciate him defensively, right. but I mean, he is a really good defender. I mean, for what they ask him to do offensively, to also have a 110 defensive rating on top of it, mm-hmm. I think is really good. And if you want to, if you, if you really want a nerd stat here, Mike, here we go. Last year, he was fourth best in the NBA in points allowed per pick and roll defended. All right, Robert okay. Williams was number one a couple of years ago, but Porzingis was fourth. And think about it, Dame Lillard and Giannis. Yep. I know Doc's there, so it's a little bit. You're going to face a lot of pick and roll there. For sure. Maybe with Embiid. And I know Nick Nurse might be, but a little bit. And if you play Denver in the final, like, you're going to see you that. Mentioned, so you, you want that. You mentioned Doc. You mentioned the, the Sixers. You mentioned Nick Nurse. Do the Sixers scare you now because Doc's gone? Oh, I think gone they're the second best there. team in the East. It's, yeah. not, it's not that Doc's gone, it's that James Harden's gone. Okay. Like to me, I think the Sixers, and, and I know right now they're fifth in the East and they're six and a half games back of the Celtics. I think they're the second best team in the East come playoff time. Okay. I think Tyree, it's funny, we talked about Derek White getting more. Tyrese Maxey oh, getting yeah. more minutes in Philly has made a massive difference. He's now, an all star, right? He was, he's a, I star, believe, I off the top of my head, I yeah, believe okay. so. Um, but Joel Embiid, I know, has that meniscus injury, so we'll see if that, yeah, that's tough. But if he's healthy come playoff team time, excuse me, I think they're the, because I trust them more. Then I would Cleveland. I trust them more than the Knicks. So they're right there with Milwaukee. I personally like them a little bit better than Milwaukee because I think Maxi is so dynamic, and I think he's a little bit better on the defensive end, at least energy-wise, than Dame Lillard will be. So, And I think the Bucks too, though, with Doc Rivers now, this is something that if I'm the Celtics, I'm watching. Because, I look, we can talk about Doc and all the playoff failures he's had, and it's legitimate criticism. The Bucks had 30 wins and they got rid of their coach yeah. Adrian Griffin to bring in Doc. If he can get a little bit more out of Dame Lillard and if he can get Brooke Lopez playing and I don't want to say they're going to play through Brooke, Brooke Lopez, but I think over the last couple of years their offense was much tougher to defend sure. when he was a bigger part, not a huge part, but bigger than now. That's going to that see to me the key for the Celtics cuz we talked earlier about winning the games you need to win. You don't want to have to play both of them in the playoffs. While I think the Celtics are better than Milwaukee, and I think they're better than Philly, you want that to be a two-three matchup in the second round, and you're the one seed. I, I just don't. I just don't trust uh, 
uh, Doc in the playoffs. I really don't. Yeah. I look and at the teams fair. with him yeah. and like it, again, the, the Celtics, the one championship he won, it was the big three. They brought in everyone. Yeah. Um, it's almost foolproof. Even yeah. though they went to Game Seven, the <laughs> that, first, that's the thing. They, first couple series, yeah, yeah. And then in Game Seven, I, did they go to Game Seven or Six in the finals? In the Six, it was yeah. Six. Okay, but yeah. it, they actually played really well in the finals. No, they yeah. well again they had all the talent in the world, and even still, he had the ta- all the talent in the world in L.A. They never went to a conference finals. Uh, they never went to a conference finals with Philly, and so I just I don't see it with him. I'm not as well versed in how good or bad Adrian Griffin really was as a coach from Milwaukee. I don't sit on League Pass and watch those Milwaukee games every single uh, every every single yep. night. But again, I, I just I don't I don't know how that can do it for you. And so I look at Philly and the trickle down of that. They lose Harden, you're right, but then they also lose Doc. I think that's a scary team. And, and Nick Nurse is a guy he's won a championship. Bingo. Yes. So and he's won it. And with, the only reason he was gone out of Toronto, from what I understand, is they're kind of in a rebuild. And, and he, yeah, he didn't want to. Exactly. Yeah, I don't blame. Him. And not only did he win a championship, he did it on a team centered around an MVP caliber player, exactly. Kawhi Leonard, which they have with Joel Embiid. We do have a couple of you here on the phone line. We're going to get to you in just a couple minutes here. And again, I think this is like, I think the Celtics are the best team in the NBA, but I think this is a more important year than maybe last year yeah. to have that one seed because Milwaukee is better. Philly's better. Also, and, and if you look at, and I know it's a while off, but that's seven, eight, nine, ten, like Miami's at seven, mm-hmm. Orlando's at eight, then Chicago and Atlanta are nine, ten. Like right. if you can get one of those teams as the eight seed and you're the ones, like I think it makes things a lot easier for you in your road to the playoffs if you're playing. Chicago and then Cleveland and then you have to wait to these conference finals to play right. one of those truly truly great teams. Let's go to the phones here though. We have a couple people that have been on hold. We appreciate that. Let's start off with Doug in Rhode Island. Doug, you're on the air. Welcome in, Dougie. Hey, how's it going? Oh, right. Not too bad, Doug. What do you got for How us? You doing? Well, I was just saying, uh, Marcus Smart was a good player and people liked him, but as far as I'm concerned, he had his chance a couple of times to win a championship and just uh, couldn't get it done. So it was time to shake things up. And I think Porzingis gives us a low post option. He can drive to the hoop, shoot the three, like it's not uh, even an effort. Um, Plus his defensive uh, blocking shots, like three, four, five blocks, and that gets Horford going. Uh, That's what we thought Horford was going to do when we got him. Uh, You know, so I think they're just a much better team uh, with uh, trading, getting you know, letting Smart go and getting Porzingis. Yeah, Doug, thanks for the call. And I, I agree. Like, 100%. I think he's right. And, and he mentioned the point about Porzingis' shot blocking, too, which you and I didn't even mention. That's like, what did we always love about Robert Williams? The dunks and the shot yeah. blocks. Now, is he the shot blocker or Robert Williams was? No, but he's still really good at it. Right. Like, so, again, they're better off now, and I think Brad Stevens deserves credit for that. And I think their top six is the best in the NBA only concerns I really have when I look at this team, there's really only two concerns. One is health. Mm-hmm. Porzing, and look, Porzingis played a bunch of games. I think he played 65 games last year, and eventually they shut him down to try to tank, so he would have played more. But he's had health issues. Drew Holiday's in his mid-30s, right? So little concern with health there. Horford's old. Mm-hmm. No offense, Horford. He's old. So health, but also what we talked about earlier, I don't know if I look at Porzingis as a guy with the killer instinct. Derek White might have it, but we don't know that yet. Drew Holiday's won a championship, but the real killer in that finals was Giannis. And then Tatum and Brown, as we've said, Tatum's had some moments of it, but not. I wouldn't label him killer. And and same thing with Jalen Brown. So that, to me, is something that, and I think they've shown it at times this year, like going out after that Golden State loss to then go out and blow out Sacramento and the Clippers and pull away from the Lakers on Christmas Day. We saw it a little bit. We even saw it opening night against the... 
No doubt in my mind, Mike Cadlick, and I know we're going back to October. Opening night against the Knicks, last year's team would have lost. Oh, yeah. Zero to, they yeah. were winning most of the game, got down yep. in the fourth Bingo. quarter. That last year's Celtics would have lost opening night to the Knicks. They would have lost one of those five games in that homestand with the back-to-backs against Cleveland and Orlando. They would have lost multiple more games after that Golden the State loss. Yep. So last year's team would have lost all those. So at least they're not doing that. But I still think no matter what, we're not going to know the answer to that question until June. Well, right? We won't. And to Doug's point, too, uh, the caller, Doug, like, Marcus Smart, he did have his chance. And and I don't think that's like... Yeah, and I think that's fair. It's he fair. Did. It's not really... I mean, is it a knock on him? A little bit. Yeah, for sure, because they had their chance and he didn't. But, like, I don't think that he necessarily got screwed on his way out of here either. Like, no. And Memphis isn't the worst place. And I know at the time, I know they haven't been good, but, like, that's a team with John Moran, yes. who you knew was coming off suspension. Right. You didn't Jaren know he was going to get hurt. really good. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, they were, play- they were number one seed in the West for long stretches of the last two years. I know they didn't finish that way, but right. they, they were long stretches... Of the la- and that's the thing about smart. And, and I would add in this core. Right, twenty eighteen, they get to Game Seven of these finals. They're a young team, no Kyrie, no Hayward. We're all excited. Twenty nineteen, disaster mm-hmm. of an ending. Twenty twenty, with the bubble, they had double digit leads, Mike, in yeah. games one and two of the Eastern Conference Finals in the bubble. They lost. They lost both games. Yep. They lose to Miami. Twenty twenty two, five minutes away from going up three one in the finals. They lose in six games. Last year, we know what happened. So that's something that I think. The caller's right. They had chances, right, to to get over that. If they had won the finals in 2022, mm-hmm. Marcus Smart would still be here. They had chances, yeah. and it wasn't working. And I think if you're the Celtics, you're going to be going into the luxury tax with the Jalen Supermax and the Tatum Supermax. You have to maximize this window, which really is the window overall is probably the next 10 years with Tatum and Brown. But the true elite, elite window it's probably three or four years because Holiday, you probably – I know he's an expiring deal, but you can re-sign him to a right. one- or two-year extension. You have Porzingis on a three-year deal. Yep. So it's probably a three-year elite window, so you have to maximize it. And right. I think what they've done with Smart and what they've done with Holiday allows them to maximize it. And I think an under-the-radar piece of – now Al Horford can come off the mm-hmm. bench. You don't have to rely on Al Horford. Now he can start when he needs to, but having him come off the bench – I think puts you in a much better position than you otherwise would be with him having to start every night. Yeah, no, totally. I, I'm with you. I, the The Horford thing is is what's crucial. Like, and, and again, piggybacking off what you just said, but that's the whole we we talk about the trickle down of this move with with Smart, right? And it's okay. Derek White gets more minutes, and Tatum has to be the guy. And now, you know, Robert Williams, as much as we liked him, he he's not here and he's injured. And Porzingis has has at least been healthier than Rob, and that again allows Al to come off the bench. He's still good. He can be that X factor when he needs it, but he doesn't have to play all the minutes every single night. And he can come off and kind of be a jolt, but he doesn't. You don't have to necessarily rely on him. And I guess it's okay if he doesn't have a great night. So yeah, no, that Brad killed the Marcus Smart trade. Let's yeah. just call it what it is. That was a great move, and they needed it very, very bad. Yeah, and I think as you look at Memphis coming back, like I'm not putting the fact that Memphis has been bad all on Smart because they haven't had John Moran for pretty much the entire season. He was only back for a brief amount of time, but I think the Celtics are just flat out better off with Porzingis and with Holiday and with White having more minutes mm-hmm. and, and Horford coming off the bench. I just think they're a better team now. I think they're better positioned to win a championship. And with the trade deadline, not tomorrow, but kind of getting here for us, mm-hmm. I don't look at them and be like, oh, they. I have these huge questions. It's like, all right, can they get another wing to take a little bit of the load off Tatum and Brown? Could they get another big in case there's a Porzingis or Horford injury? But I don't look at it as, oh, I have these big issues. I have these big worries that, right. that maybe I would have had about them in the last couple of years, Mike. So we talked a lot of Celtics here. A lot of it. 
Still a lot to get to. We're going to have Nat Gordo on at 3 o'clock. I do want to talk a little bit of baseball before we have him on, but there's there's some Patriots news. Bill Belichick took out an ad in the paper oh, yeah. today. The Baltimore Orioles have been sold, which I think makes the AL East only harder. So we're going to get to a few different things in the next segment. We're going to jump around a little bit. We see some of you on hold, so just stay on. We'll get you on as soon as we can. But we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. We're back to John Lyons on WEEI. Back here on WEI. Got a few things we're going to get to as we round out the hour. We are going to have Nat Gordo on with us to talk Theo Epstein and the Red Sox at 3 o'clock. First, though, uh, we've had Lewis in the truck. He's been waiting patiently for us. So we'll start this segment off with you, Lewis. Uh, welcome into the program. What do you got for us? Yes, yeah, so I, have, I have a question for you. Sure. Uh, regarding, uh, regarding the Patriots. Now, who do you who do you blame for the failure? Is it Bill Belichick or Bob Kraft? Because, and why? And number two, why haven't they been able to fix the offense? Yeah, it's, thanks, Lewis, for the call. I blame. Like, does Kraft have some blame there, Mike? I, I would think so. Of I'm course, here with Mike Kavdek, if I didn't say that already. But I look. The Patriots believe it was all Bill's fault, mm-hmm. and I had a Twitter thread about this a couple weeks ago. But they have been reports out there where they're going to empower scouts more. Yeah. Mac Jones was at Gerard Mayo's press conference. They promoted one of it. So they seem to believe it was all Bill's fault. And look, for the state of the offense, I think Bill deserves the vast majority of the blame. Sure. He's in charge of personnel. The personnel was bad. He put Patricia and Judge in charge of the offense. That was a failure. So, look, does Kraft maybe deserve some blame? Yeah, okay, maybe. But I think I, I look that that's a Bill thing. Yeah. Just like I would give him credit when they innovated their offense over the year and they were so good, I think he deserves blame for the way the offense was the last two years. I think um, Belichick deserves blame for the actual product on the field. I think Kraft deserves the blame for not actually um, getting Belichick out sooner, if you will. Because I just think, and I look back at the the Brady versus Bill thing, and I'm not going to sit here and say who's more... Yeah, um, Cadillac, it was all Tom. <laughs> that's what I mean. It was like, all Tom. I'm not going to do that because I think they both had, you know... Yeah. A certain percentage, whatever. Like the, it was both of them. Remember, okay? it's reasonable radio. One, exactly. one to four p.m. But okay. but Brady would have lasted longer, and I didn't think that was actually going to happen. And I think right now, if the both of them were still here, I think they'd probably still be here. My point being is that you probably should have stuck by uh, stuck by Brady more than Bill because you know. Long story short, what Bel- Belichick Belichick only lasted one season longer here than Brady would have. Yeah, and, and I think though at the time. And maybe you and I would have believed that Brady mm-hmm. would play at least 45 right. and play well. I think it was understandable that they didn't believe that because right. no one had done it. But, yeah, to the caller's question, I, I put more blame on Belichick for yeah. that. Just like I put credit to him for how well their defense played. We did have a texter from the 774 Cadillac, any Billy O news, which is referencing the rumors that yeah. Ohio State offensive coordinator, formerly Patriots offense coordinator Bill O'Brien, is close to and this was reported by Kevin Stone of the New England Football yeah, Journal. Yeah, Kev. Yeah, in talks to become the head coach at Boston College after Jeff Halfley left. Yeah. Any, any update on it's, that, Mike? Any it, insight? It sounds like that's uh, where this thing is going, right? And O'Brien obviously was here last year, comes back as OC after about you know 10 years elsewhere. Yeah. Um, coached at the college level before. He was the head coach at Penn State, obviously. Uh, you know, made that work and did, did a great job. Yeah. Post, after the Joe Paterno Exactly. Yeah. Post-Paterno. Um, Bill O'Brien did great there. He comes back here, doesn't have a great, you know, great season here. But uh, apparently, 
signed on to be Ohio State's offensive coordinator under Ryan Day. Then all of a sudden, BC head coach Jeff Halfley goes to Green Bay to become their defensive coordinator, and that job is open. Bill O'Brien, a local guy from the Massachusetts area, said one of the reasons he came back here this season was because he wanted to, you know, be around the be around the area. His son, yeah. um, his son pitches at Tufts actually, and he has, you know, obviously kids and lives around here normally. And so to come back, he wanted to be here long term. Did not happen with the Patriots. So. Um, it sounds like there's real rumblings of this, and that's going to happen as as soon as this you know this coming week. And so, uh, look for Billy O'Brien to maybe leave his perch at Ohio State to come back here and be the head coach of Boston College. Yeah, and the thing like everyone remembers Bill O'Brien as the Patriots' offense coordinator. He was born in Boston, went to St. John's Prep for high school, yep. went to college at Brown, and also you mentioned Penn State. He was two years at Bama as the OC, so he's got. Yeah. college head coaching experience, but also recent big-time right. Power 5 experience at Bama. I think it would be a good fit. I mean, I think he can recruit, and I think BC obviously has some limitations recruiting-wise with academic standards, but yeah. I think it would be legit. Another big thing that really stood out to me today, Mike, if you read the Boston Globe, which many Let's of us go. do, uh, Bill Belichick took out a full-page ad, yep. and he wrote a letter thanking Patriots fans. I know you mentioned it in your trending. Uh, thanked them for all the great moments, all the support over the years and it was just a really nice letter and I think Belichick has the persona where he's this gruff guy that doesn't really care about anyone and that served him well for 20 years here as a great coach but I thought it was just a really nice and thoughtful letter and I think it showed if you want to if you want because I know you uh, do the six strings pod with Andy Hart if you want to be cynical it shows that he was fired and he really didn't want (laughs) to leave yeah right okay but I think it really showed his connection to New England his appreciation for the fans and for the region. He even mentioned that those six Super Bowl parades were gratitude in both directions. Yes. That the fans were thankful for the championship, but he and the team were thankful for the fans. And I just thought it was one of those things. We can get caught up in, hey, they're having a bad season. Hey, they might make a change. And, hey, this draft pick's not good enough. But I think when you zoom out and you look at the totality of the run, we know it's best run in the history of football. But I think the connection between him and, in the region, I, it was just really nice to see that in this letter today. It was it was awesome, and he, obviously, I thought the funny part was him saying that you know you might have loved my fashion sense. You also probably just tolerated yeah. my or press the letters of critiques yeah. and suggestions. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I like that he you know added some of those in there because it's one thing to have a, a PR assistant or a guy write a, a you know a thoughtful letter like this, and that's what it was. And I'm sure he had involvement in it and whatever. I'm not saying that you know he just handed it off to a communications guy, but to have those little you know jabs and things in there was pretty cool. And um, it's clear like he he is gruff and he is Bill Belichick, and he does you know go to the podium and sometimes just scoff Snort off. at you. Yeah, yeah, and like even when you mention the fans, he's like, well, we're just kind of focused on ourselves. Like for him to you know at the end take a step back and really show that appreciation and gratitude. Um, you know, and and respect, you know, what this region is, I thought was really, really cool because it it's they're so focused on winning. They're so focused on this day, the next day, the next day. Do what you gotta do to win this day and then we can focus on the next one. And Super Bowl driven, but really next day driven, and you really only saw Belichick, right, you know, smile and throw up the the trophy and no days off. Like that was all during those parades because they actually accomplished the final goal. Yeah. That and was for him, the culmination. Yeah, and for him to mention that so many times in this, like the the parades in Boston and the six championships and you guys, you know, sitting through the cold and stuff like that. I just thought it was like, oh, you know, he re- he really did see us in those stands and he really did understand like 
what he meant and what this whole thing meant to this city and this region for the last 20 years. Yeah, and I think, look, the Patriots over the last 20 years have really gobbled up their uh, fair share of pink hat and fair weather (laughs) fans. But I think Belichick knows that the core of Patriots fans, and I would say Boston sports fans in general, are really intelligent fans. And yes, yeah. they have high standards, but and we see it with a lot of our callers, right? Like people understand how hard it was for to do what the Patriots did. Yeah. And I think he realizes that and I think that's where you saw the appreciation from him. It was just again, I, I as a proud owner of two Belichick style sweatshirts, <laughs> although the sleeves are on them, Mike, uh, <laughs> I thought it was just it was really nice because you didn't know if you were going to get that. Right. Right because there was you know, at first, it's they, they're parting ways. Is he going to coach somewhere else? He doesn't and, answer questions at the press conference. <laughs> right, and then he hasn't spoken at all right, really right. publicly. And then it's like, okay, he interviewed in Atlanta. He talked to the commanders. But you don't really know what was going on. Right. And I don't know if he planned on having this this particular weekend when there's no football games or if he waited until the he didn't end up getting high, a yeah, job. and right. said Because I, I think he would have done this either way. I, I wonder if the timing was just, hey, I'm going to wait until the coaching cycle's over or the first Sunday with no football games and put it out then. But I think you saw a real appreciation and a real connection for, it it was funny, even mentioned, you know, how many teams are responsible for six states? Yeah, right. He saw the the connection there, and he mentioned how people would come out in really hot training camp practices all the way through snow and wind and rain and playoff games. So I think there was a real appreciation there, Mike, and I think maybe over the years he didn't always – express it and a lot of you know because he's just driven to the next day right but i think what we read today in the boston globe i really do believe is how he really felt 100%. about the region and the fans all along. yeah it was the, it was again that that step back and for him to say one of the lines i love too and i'm reading it in front of me is like the six times you packed boston by the millions for parades that were truly a two-way expression of gratitude the images from those days are burned in my memory yeah. like i love i love thinking that belichick is like yeah i remember standing you know in you know wherever they would end at Boston, City Hall Plaza, yeah, City Hall yeah. Plaza, right, with the trophy and seeing all like the the fact that the guy who was so you know emotionless and yeah. you know grumpy, well, and he frankly, tra- and at he time. mentioned training camp, yeah. So obviously, you cover the Patriots, you're down at training camp all the time. I go to training camp pretty regularly, yeah, and it's standing room only, right? A few years ago, summer of 2019, I went to Cleveland Browns training camp, and this is when they had some hype around them. It was like half the amount yeah, of people right. there as you would see at Gillette Stadium. So, and that's not unique to that. We see that all across the NFL. So, right. again, I thought it was a really nice letter, great sentiments to him, and uh, hopefully we see him back on the sidelines yeah. next year. We'll see if Jerry Jones comes around on things. But yeah. I'm really excited for our next segment, Mike. We have Nat Gordo coming on because, again, biggest news of the week, arguably. Yep. Theo Epstein is back. He's, He's going to help baby. us break down that and some other Red Sox stuff right after this break. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 